but it's also happening. All that stuff's all happening inside of us too, like an mm -hmm. interaction and reaction to our own self, our true self and our, and, and our say like believed self. <laughs> Cause you know, we all want to think of ourselves as pretty hot shit. I think for the most part, we don't want to think about ourselves as, um, super flawed or whatever or sometimes we get off on thinking we're super flawed and we're not as flawed as we make ourselves out to be right but this lack of intimacy and connection to who we really are and where we're really at i mm. think that's often what keeps us away from our wants and desires and goals and also gets us to want and desire things we don't truly want and desire this is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. The difference between a response and a reaction is a miracle. So we're... The words of some old friends of mine, thank you, Paul and Kathy, uh, they've always stuck with me, and that's definitely been something I've been thinking about quite recently, just in my own personal life, and we thought that something along those lines might be a good thing to talk about. The difference between a response and a reaction, or responding beyond your reaction, as we are, I believe, deciding to call this one. Because sometimes shit happens in your life. And <laughs> we don't always have great reactions to the things that happen. Um, things that cause upset in a variety of ways. And sometimes, you know, there's, there's nothing to be done about it to a certain extent you know like your your reaction is often it's just your reaction and and the reason why you're doing that is because of a million little things you know because of some shit that happened to you in your childhood or because you know you haven't had your coffee yet whatever the fuck you know it's just who knows what it could be you don't have a good reaction to something and i think that that you know, another word that we were uh, using in sort of a preamble before we, we started recording was enjoyment. Because, And I think that that's a big one that I want to make sure that we put out there at the start of this conversation as well. Because a lot of this has to do with enjoyment. How are we enjoying our lives? I think most of us, any sane person would say that if you ask them, it's like, do you want to enjoy your life? And most of us would say, oh, yes, yes, I would like to enjoy my life. For the most part, I would <laughs> like that to be the majority of the time is enjoyment. But our reactions to things can completely rob us of enjoyment. And this is not to say that, you know, you're just, life is about being happy all the time, but that our reactions and our response to the things that happen in our life have a lot to do with that enjoyment and that there's actually there is a certain degree of power that we have in that space we're not just entirely helpless to our reactions to to the events of life so that's that i'll leave it leave it at that brandon how do you want to how do you want to proceed 
something that came up for me when you were talking was how so much about so much of what this is is about purpose because when you're when you're after a goal especially when you're after like a really audacious goal like anything that's really big and and risky and challenging you're going to have setbacks and obstacles and challenges and the greater the endeavor you take on it tends to be that the more of that you're going to experience along the way and that's why people often just don't take on big things because they just don't want to have to deal with that much challenge and I think that's part of it. I also think that sometimes people haven't really thought that one out fully. I don't think they've actually put enough time and energy into like what's going on there. And so part of the problem I think we all face is when we get disappointed. Disappointment is a hard one. I think it's, it for me, it is one of the hardest. But I came to the realization that this year in particular, I, I came to the realization that if I wasn't willing to be disappointed, then that meant I wasn't willing to have hopes and dreams and aspirations. Mm. Because to have a hope and a dream and an aspiration comes with the possibility of equal, if not greater disappointment. Mm -hmm. So you have to be willing to experience some disappointment because I think what people look at stuff, they go, well, I just want to feel the good thing. I don't want to feel any of the bad thing. And I know this is kind of true for me, even though I would never admit it and con like I'm admitting it now, but like only because I'm actually like looking at myself and I'm going, wait a minute. No, you think you can get away with no obstacles, no disappointments, just totally unscathed. You can get what you want. You know, wipe your hands and just be like, hey, that was great. Awesome. Did it. Perfect. No mistakes, no flaws, nothing. And and the reality is, is like, you know, maybe that does happen every once in a while. Maybe there's something that you just, the stars align and everything just goes right. And for whatever reason, it's just like, you're all the way through almost nothing in your way and it just happens. But I'd say more often than not, that's not how it works. And so you know, something that I, I, I think I'm going to call on as I'm trying to work through this conversation with you is just like, what are my reactions or what is my reaction when I get disappointed? And I know for a mm -hmm. fact that if I get disappointed enough that it will literally shut me down. And, and uh, like, I haven't had it shut me down for longer than a day in quite a while, but I've had uh, over the last few months, I've had a few disappointing moments that have shut me down for literally an entire day. If, if not most of that day, and I had to just, I got some ice cream. I fucking went and had a nap. I like tried to just calibrate myself. And then eventually it passed. And I'm just like, okay, hey, I don't want to give up on this. I still want to go. I like, I'm not going to let this deter me. I picked myself up and then I felt good again. But I think when I'm interested in this conversation is talking about that period while we're in that reactionary state. Yeah. And how to not like submit to the victimhood that comes from that reaction, mm -hmm. you know, whether it be disappointment or something else. But, you know, in that moment when I'm shut down for a day, I'm kind of a victim to my reaction. But yeah. even though I know it'll probably work out, and even though I believe in that, and even though I have faith in that, it's still having, I'm, I can still tell I'm emotional. My body is vibrating in a certain way 
I have a certain frequency going on and I'm not able to change it right now. Yeah. So there's no talking me out of this feeling. Like there's no logical way for someone to go, Hey, you know, in the future, like it'll probably work out. And in the past, if you look at your past history of events, it always kind of works out. Doesn't it? It's like, that won't work. I'm in a reaction. It just doesn't. I I've tried it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I'm glad you brought that in because yeah, it's, I think an important part of this conversation is like, what about that moment? Like even because yeah, there's all kinds of sort of even things that we we have experienced in our lives and platitudes that people share all the time, you know, that they just, they don't, they don't help in, in that moment. A word that came to mind as you were talking is responsibility. And I think that's one thing that we, I think that we often don't really realize when we're having a, a sort of a really negative reaction to something is part of that reaction, at least in my own experience, is that that reaction is fueled by a kind of blaming, right? Well, I would be a happy person in this moment, but this thing that happened has now made me this, right? It's kind of like that, the, that like abusive partner who's just like, look what you made me do. Right. Like that, that, that thing, it's like no responsibility for your emotional state, no responsibility for your reaction. It's just like, no, you're making me like this, right? This thing is making me like this. And Hey, listen, it's incited this thing. It's, it's provoked this thing, but we do have within us a, a capacity to, to respond to it. And, and again, that reaction of disappointment or whatever is, yeah, like there's, you have to acknowledge that, right? It's like, yeah, fuck, I feel I'm really disappointed by this thing that happened. The problem is when that thing, when you grab onto that thing, right? Because to me, that's when the stories start to like, you, you start through, you throw yourself into like a feedback loop, right? The emotion. And then you're, you just keep telling yourself another thing and another thing that just feeds back into the disappointment. And that disappointment turns into, into sadness. That disappointment turns into rage. That disappointment turns into all these things. And in all this time, we're just, we're not, we're definitely not in an, in a state of enjoyment. We're definitely not in a state of yeah. enjoying our lives. And you have to ask, is like how much of that is actually necessary right how much of of this this feeling are we are we unnecessarily perpetuating right not to not to discredit that initial feeling because i think that that initial feeling you know is is there for us in a kind of way right and mm-hmm. but if and if we can just allow ourselves just like yeah i feel disappointed about that right and just allow yourself to be with the emotion. But again, that when you grab onto it is when, is when I think the problems start because then it's like, otherwise it can move through you pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but it's the story. It's just like, Oh, well, it's, 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 it's like, why did this happen? This disappointment. And then, and then the blame, the blame. Well, maybe if this person hadn't done this, or if that mm-hmm. hadn't happened and da, 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 da. And then that can turn into, 
God, nothing in my life is going to work out. Nothing, you know, ever works out for me. Blah, blah, blah. Even if it's totally an irrational thing, like if, because for so many of us, things do tend to work out, you know, <laughs> in, in, in one way or another. But even still, you know, we can, we can go into that victim mindset and it just, you just keep feeding it and feeding it and feeding it. And that to me is where like, that is so unnecessary. And that's where I try to ask myself this question, which again, thanks Paul and Kathy, <laughs> would I choose, would I choose to feel this way? Yeah, right. if you could choose, what I choose. If to feel I could this choose, would I choose to feel this way? And yeah. the answer is almost always no, right? It's like no, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to whatever. And and that is often enough to help me break that feedback loop, and just go like, okay, let's just go back to the beginning. I feel disappointed about this thing. Is there anything I can do about this? No, not really. And if there is something that I can do about this, what would that even look like? Would that like is there something that's that's even something that I want to do mm -hmm. or is the thing that I'm going to do about this just going to, just going to, again, am I going to manifest that upset? Am I going to manifest that thing that's just going on in my head into a, into like actual actuality, right? Maybe I'm blaming some person in my head about the thing that's happening. Now, am I going to just end it here or am I going to, call that person or just be like, Hey, and go on a big blame game on that person. Yeah. Right. And then create a whole other set of headaches. Right. Like it's, it's yeah. So there's, there's this whole thing where you can go, okay, nothing can be done about this. This, you know, it is what it is. And if there's nothing I can do about it, then why am I going to sit here and stew on this thing? Why am I going to sit here and rob myself of, being able to enjoy the the hundreds of things that are going well in my life. <laughs> you know, the totally. hundreds of things that I can go into. Like you said, it's like, you know what? I'm going to go for some ice cream. I can go out and have some ice cream and I'm not going to let this one little thing rob me of just being able to do the things that, that I enjoy in my life now. So I've been going off a little bit, so... I'll leave it there. You left me with a lot to say, man. Uh, okay. Well, let me, let me say this. So if, if I had a choice, would I want to feel this way? And you said the word want, and I think this is a really, really important thing to, to, to wrap your head around. I mean, it's, and this took me a while to, to understand, but once I started to get this, it changed everything for me. There's a saying, you don't get what you want. You get what you are. So when you recognize what you want, that's not enough. You have to look at how do I become what it is that I want. That the, the only way you ever get whatever you want in life, and this is for everything, you're going to find out. If it tests it, you only get what you are. You don't ever get what you want. If you wanted it, you were already, and you got it, you were already it. Like you already had the right material in place to get it. And, and so what you begin to find out when you wrap your head around this is that want becomes less relevant. And that's important because want is, this is opinion maybe, but want is very childish. 
I want, mama, I want, daddy, I want, I want, give me, give me, right? That's like mm-hmm. going to the universe and saying like, I want, just give it to me. Like, just buy it for me. Do it for me. No, you get what you are. Do it for yourself. Fucking earn it. Like, what does it take? What do you have to, who do you have to be? What has to happen for this to make sense, for this to work? And so there's like this, um, there's also these things like, and I see this in myself. I mean, I still do this childish shit every now and then. It's like, I want, I want, mama, I want kind of bullshit, right? And then all of a sudden I go and like, it's not right. But I'm like, I want, child want, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, but it's not right. You can't make it right. And that's disappointing now because it's not right, but you want it to be right, but it isn't right. And so like, you got to think if you can't get what you think you want, you're not in line with it. It isn't you. So you don't really want it. You just think you want it. And that's a really hard thing for us to wrap our head around because we get very addicted to our wants because they, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you get what you want, it's like a drug, right? You get this euphoria, you get this good feeling, like it releases chemicals in your brain and you, you know, you feel good temporarily. Sometimes you get buyer's remorse or you get these negative feelings that come later. You actually feel worse about it than you did, you know, before you didn't have it. If anyone's ever had buyer's remorse, they know exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. Um, Cause you really wanted it at that moment. And then you realized all of a sudden you're like, oh, did I make a mistake? Did I screw up? But you really wanted it at that moment. And so then the thing is, is that when we don't get what we want, it's really important for us to go. So how am I out of line? Like, how am I not aligned with this thing? Mm-hmm. That's a better question because if you can figure that out, then you can start to figure out, oh, okay, I can see the cause and effect. I can see the relationship, right? We talk about relationship a lot in this. Um, and you're not trying to get something for free. And, and like, I also like, there's these little sayings. I like to say them. I think they're good reminders. Sometimes they're oversimplistic, but I like another one, which is there's no free lunch. So you get your lunch for free and you think, oh, I got my lunch for free. No, there's, there's a, you're paying for it somehow. So, you know, whenever something is coming for free, there's some type of exchange, right? And like, if the exchange is good, it feels good. But buying something and the exchange is good feels good. It feels as good as free, but free feels nice because we have this kind of illusion of like, well, I don't have to work for it. It's like, get it now pay later like that's kind of the the model of free right Mm -hmm. and like maybe the payment is very minimal right the thing is is like that's kind of that's kind of the relationship so like when you want something the question shouldn't be like why can't i have it why am like just ask how did how did i not align with it and what have i not yet done to earn it that, that's really all mm-hmm. that matters because that way you're not gonna that way you're not gonna blame and that way you're gonna take responsibility for it because you you know you mentioned responsibility right but yeah. that's a childish thing too right to blame oh they didn't do it it didn't work out well here's the thing it's true people people are gonna screw up their job and you know what that very might very well might have happened in this case but you know people in the world screw up their jobs right I mean, that's been happening since the dawn of time. (laughs) So you know that could happen. So you didn't prepare for that being a possibility. Number one, that's your responsibility. You didn't prepare for that being a possibility. Well, I'm not supposed to do their job. They're supposed to do their job. Yes, 
But the world we live in, people sometimes don't do their job. You ever been late? You ever not completed a piece of homework in school? Come on. <laughs> you didn't do your job. People don't do their job all the time. This is the world you live in. So get into reality, right? And then we get all upset because reality didn't line up perfectly as we think it should. Well, they didn't do their job. It's like, yeah, but you exist in a world where you don't encourage, inspire, follow up, make sure that people do their job. And in fact, you probably don't do your job all the time either. And so you're you're living in the consequence of what you are. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this, I mean, in 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 if you can if you can see this, then what ends up happening is you, you know, the 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 moments of these disappointment moments, which look. They're going to get you and, you know, because you, you're going to get blindsided. But really, my, I guess my point at the end of the day is you're getting blindsided by yourself. What you're really disappointed about is that you thought you saw everything and all of a sudden you realized in that moment you did it. And that is disappointing. That kind of sucks because you thought you knew what you were doing and it turned out you didn't. And so then you're faced with the consequence of I didn't actually I didn't actually have it all together. And so you can blame the world or you can look at yourself and go, Hey, like, what do I do to be better? Yeah. How do I learn? Right. Yeah. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Evan? Yeah, no, I have a few thoughts on, on, so on, on a few things that, that you've said there. Um, well, if you have anything to challenge on that, like I'm definitely yeah, open I, to it because maybe I, like maybe there are parts of that thought that are not fully like baked, but yeah, um, there are, there are a few things that I would I would maybe say that that I think to a large degree tend to be very often true, reliably true. The the thing of like, you know, there's no free lunch is I'm not entirely sure that that's like it's not the common thing but sometimes there are just moments of grace in our lives you know and and most most sort of spiritual traditions would agree with the sentiment of life itself as an unearned gift you know like there's there's a certain ex extent where every now and then we are just handed a gift but that's like it's every now and then <laughs> okay you know, okay and, and, i know and i agree i think there is some there's some logic in the there's no free lunch that it does break down at a certain point i think the point of that saying and i agree with you so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna debate you on that one because i actually agree with that and when i say that there's no free lunch that's an absolute and i don't really think absolute because that's there's no artistry in absolutes either right yeah so yeah. but with grace i just don't think you should expect grace because then you're not grateful for grace when it comes. When you mm -hmm. do actually get something for free, when something actually does come unearned, when you just get it just for the blessing of a miracle of some sort, you should really be like, this is a fucking miracle. I did. I, yeah. I If I did something to earn this, I have no idea what I did. I am just so lucky. But people don't do that. They get something for free and they kind of expect it. So think about it this way. If you gave someone something for free and they were like, no, thank you. No, nothing. No appreciation. No, anything. How much would you want to give them? Whereas if you gave someone else something and just gave it to them and they said, oh my God, that's so kind. Thanks so much. Like, this is awesome. You'd want to give that person shit all the time because that's rewarding. But in a way, that person did earn 
earn it because they were thankful and grateful. So maybe there is no free lunch because maybe the gratitude was to pay me. See what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it kind of yeah, comes yeah. around in a it's... way like you don't always know how you're paying for it. And sometimes yeah. you like, it's the other thing, Evan. Okay. One last thing. Sorry. I don't want to dominate this, but if you're in abundance, you don't realize you're paying for stuff because you have so much, you can't even use it all. So, you know, people who have like tons of money and are super successful and are just bringing it in, like, especially like people in a, in a good mindset. I'm not saying everybody is wealthy. It's definitely not the case, but you'll experience these people. They just have, they're in abundance. They get so much love, so much money, so much everything. They just give it away to everyone else too. Cause it's like, they just so overflowing with it. And those people tend to do very well in life because everybody likes them. Everybody benefits when they're around them. Um, but the thing is, is like, I think a lot of the time we think when we pay for something or earn it, we think of it from a place of lack because that's the problem with our education system. It's always teaching us that we're lacking. We're lacking all the time. We never have enough. You've got to do this to survive. If you don't make a living, you're going to die. You know, you'd be on the street. It's always a punishment, work or mm -hmm. punishment, work or fail, right? But really people who live in abundance, it's, it's fucking love my life or love my life even more. That's how they live. Right. Mm -hmm. But most people don't live from that place. They live from, I do this or I die. Yeah. And that's, a, it's a different experience. Yeah, and, right. And even people who have yes, like great amounts of wealth are often still caught in that too. They actually don't totally really enjoy, yeah. they're not actually really enjoying themselves. Um, which is maybe a whole other thing. The, one other thing I wanted to touch on as well is like this whole sure. thing of want is an interesting thing to, to come in because it that has a lot to do with our reactions and our response. Like want is we have to have want is something that I think that for most of us, we have to really rethink our relationship with what that thing is. Because like you said, like the things that we want are not, sometimes the like the thing that we want is not at all something that we actually want right which is just one one side to that whole whole thing but want is a bit of a dangerous beast yeah in, it is in in so many ways it can cause a lot of displeasure i guess absolutely in, in realize because the the want or desire um when you don't have the thing, it causes pain. And then very often when you get the thing, the thing is not what you thought it would be. It doesn't live up to the thing that you built it up to in your mind. And then it just creates, and then it's on to the next thing. Like want is just like an unquenchable monster to a certain extent. That's not to say that want doesn't have its place in our, in our lives. Right. And that, led to me thinking about, you know, what I sort of understand as being one of the main, the, the main themes of, uh, the Bhagavad Gita, which is to act without expectation, right? To, to essentially let go, to surrender the fruits of your actions, right? And that I think we can look at it in a, in this dimension of want or desire. Well, maybe there's this thing that you want to do. Great. I like that. I like that there's something that you want to do. But the, I think part of the problem is, is that we're, 
we're thinking about the thing that we want at the end of it as opposed to the thing that we're doing. Does that make sense? So there's, there's um, maybe, maybe explain a little bit further. Cause okay. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So we're so, most of us are so caught up in the thing, you know, the thing that we want, the goody that, we want to come at the end of our efforts as opposed to what is the effort wanting to do the thing that is the effort. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like that's yeah, no, totally. You're, you're helping me make my point earlier, wanting to do the the thing to get the thing. Cause like, you know, okay. So sorry, I I want to cut you off, but but let me just share one thing. When I was sure. working out, my friend would say, cause we were like, Oh, let's get buff. Let's like, you know, get fit and get this, you know, get, get that happening. And I remember he would say, cause we'd go hard. We go real hard in the gym and run hard, do all that stuff. And then he'd be like this. Remember this is a marathon, not a sprint. This is a lifestyle. This isn't, we aren't trying to get somewhere because once we get there, like that's all just about maintaining. And if it's only about getting there, it's going to be over. And mm-hmm. he said, remember it's a marathon. This is, this is a way of life now. And yeah. that's very hard for people to wrap their head around. Cause a lot of times when people get motivated to go to the gym, they go, I want to lose 30 pounds, but then you lose 30 pounds. And that was the goal. And then the goal is done. And then you put the 30 back on or whatever they yeah. do. Right. So yeah, what you're talking about is you actually have to begin to enjoy the process of it's, working yeah. out or whatever it might be that you need to do. Yeah. Yes. To want, yeah. To want the process, to want the action. Right. As opposed, and then, and then letting go of the thing that comes from it. Right. right? Or the things that come from it. And I mean, that's no small thing. No, Um, because that, that when you can do that, when we're talking about this thing of disappointment, what happens to disappointment when you're, when you're not attached to the thing, the thing that comes out of your efforts. Right. Like it's, I, you, you, drastically reduce the disappointment in your life because you you've already done the thing that you wanted to do right was just because it was the doing that you wanted right but i think that's such a huge part of the confusion that we have in our culture we are so motivated by the shiny things right we're so motivated and 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 our wants are so driven by the shiny things that in many ways are things that we've been told and conditioned to think that we want mm-hmm. are told and conditioned to think that these are the things that make a good life. Right. And as a result, people end up going down paths, taking on careers in shit that they fucking hate doing. Right. And then it's like, well, no wonder you're having bad reactions to the things that are happening in your life because everything else is misery too. Right. And then when the, when the shiny thing doesn't happen after you've done the, this shitty thing that you hate doing, of course you're going to be upset because what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? (laughs) Yeah. What are you, yeah. What are you doing? (laughs) Right. So it's, it's yeah. So, I mean that, that to me is a, is a big part of this equation and I'll, I'll, pass it back off to you here i just jotted something down here as well which i think is something that 
I don't have any thoughts necessarily formed around this per se, but I'm just thinking of, you know, the artistic sort of bent to this conversation and creativity is a response to the things that happen to us. You know, you, so many mm. artists, you know, like I have the thing that's jumping to mind for me really is music in particular, right? Like how many recording artists have just made incredible music in response to things that have happened to them in their, in not whether in the past or something that they're currently going through in their lives, some incredibly powerful music comes out of some serious shit happening in their lives. And that creative response to it is a, is a path to, to moving beyond the reaction, right? To, to, yeah, having a, having a response to, to the thing and coming out on the other side with something beautiful, something creative, something that other people can hear and connect to it and be healed by it. So I'll leave mm. it there. But yeah, creativity as a response was sort of a, just a very general thought that came to mind. Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, that is something that I forget that I do now because I've spent a couple decades as an artist, at least, I mean, formally, I should say <laughs> informally, probably longer, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things you kind of have to learn, it, particularly as an actor, I find you really have to learn how to work with your emotions because one of the challenges, if you really want to do acting with any sort of, like, if you really want to knock out great performances and you care about that, right. You're not just trying to be a pretty face on a screen, but if you're actually trying to figure out the craft of acting, you'll inevitably, you know, you'll have to go into some of these emotions that most people spend their whole life avoiding. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll actually go like, what triggers me to make me sad? You'll like ask yourself shit like that. Whereas yeah. most people are just like, man, I feel sad. I'm going to have a drink or I'm going to go do something else. Right. Like that's what a normal person would probably do in response to that. I'm not saying that's a healthy response. I'm just saying that's a more common response. Whereas an artist, you go into this emotion and then sometimes you get, you, you know, you hit a nerve where all of a sudden you hit something real deep and, and then the scene's over and you're still feeling it. And you're like, oh man, what's this, right? And, uh, you know, you you begin to look at emotion in in a more creative response out of necessity, partly because for one, as an actor, you begin to see that emotion serves you, which I think is one of the great advantages that actors do have. I mean, actors, um, you know, maybe have their own challenges in, in other things, but, but one advantage and one benefit from this craft, whether you do it professionally or as an amateur, just for fun, you do begin to learn to see that emotion serves you. And that's such a valuable thing. If you talk to like motivational coaches like a Tony Robbins or, you know, I don't know, I can name some of the greats like Zig Ziglar or, you know, Jack Canfield or, you know, maybe some of the more modern people, they would probably tell you like, yeah, and your, your, your emotion is important. That's energy in motion, right? That's something that like, if you have no emotion, like, man, you're not exciting. You're not vibrant. There's no, there's no vibration. There's no frequency. It's just dull. It's monotone. Mm -hmm. It's bare, right? So that, emotion, you begin to see, Hey, you know, these give me these highs and lows, these things, they give me context. They help me 
you know, and I can work with them. If I could figure out how to use them and wield them. Yeah. I know it's a blade that can cut me, but can also cut through a lot of shit in this world. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll relate this to a story I've shared before, but there was a, a movie I was directing and we had this one scene and, uh, it was a small little scene and, you know, the actress, like she was super experienced and, you know, she'd been a lead on a TV show for like a decade, you know, and she comes out to, you know, to do the scene. She's great. She's amazing. Anyway, um, I won't name drop. The point is that she comes out to do the scene. We do the scene. It's really good. It's really good. There's this moment where she's supposed to like identify that, Hey, that's the watch I gave you, you know, cause they're lovers like, or whatever, cheating on her. <clears throat> and so we did the scene. Everyone's like, great. Okay. And then like, Brandon, we moving on. And I was like, hold on, let's do one more. And I walked up to her and I go, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe that watch, like, I think that maybe meant something. Like, I think you, like, I think you put a lot of thought into it. And you know, we, we kind of had this moment. Anyway, she comes back out fucking, you could see her on the brink of tears and just this, I gave you that watch. <laughs> if I yeah, can cut the yeah. scene, it's a comedy, Yeah. <laughs> by the way, but it has this moment where it's like, bam. And the thing is, is that, uh, fucking knocked it out. The, the next day, one of the guys from the crew came over to me and he said, man, how did you see that? We all were like, that was great. Let's like carry on. Cause we were like, you know, you're, directing you're always buying schedule you're always pushing pushing he's like but for you to see that and do it is like wow like what happened i'm like yeah man i don't know but the thing is i just kind of got her mm -hmm. I got her emotion and we both had this moment everyone on set had this emotion that's how the power of emotion like it can do it can fucking move people it can change us it can you know a great scene in a movie that's wonderful but also everybody on set like something happened you know and that's that fucking lightning in a bottle right and that's um you know, and I think when we're talking about this, it's interesting, right? Because we're talking about our reactions, but maybe our reaction is that lightning in a bottle, but we are so busy going, I got to get rid of it. I don't want it. I hate this, that we're not seeing the magic that's happening in that moment. Mm. You know, it's, it's so obvious. And we have <laughs> talked about this in lots of different kinds of ways, but the, when there's message with emotion, like nothing gets to us more than that. And I think that that's a huge part of what art is. Like it's trying to, it's trying to send out some kind of a message and, and hit us in an emotional place because that's where some pretty incredible transformation occurs you could ar probably argue that that's where the most amount of transformation occurs because we can understand something on an intellectual level but it doesn't really take root within us right it's when we're in the heart of some kind of we're in the grip of some kind of emotion and we get this message through it that suddenly something really just goes off where we go, holy shit, I get it. It's it's visceral. It's real. And, you know, that's, I think, you know, what is the, the question of, like, what is, what is the message in the emotion? 
right? What is the message in it? Because if we look at the, um, at our emotions as being something that that's what it is, it, it's trying to, to give us some kind of a message, right? And trying to, mm-hmm. and trying to parse through that and what it is, as opposed to making some story about it, because the story is actually an avoidance totally. of the emotion. It's, it's, I mean, that's a great catch. Yeah. Like it's, it's great it's, observation. It's us avoiding it. And, and it just takes us further and further away from understanding what the thing is actually trying to communicate. Right. Yeah. And you know, Evan, I also think that what's why we default back to the story and I'm thinking about myself, like in the last disappointment I had is I don't understand yet in the moment why it's happened. And, and, and I think this is an important thing for, for us to remember is that because we're trying to talk about more of the present moment than the 2020 hindsight. But yeah, in that present moment, that's where I think it's kind of that faith and trust has to kind of come in and you just got to go, you know what? I don't know what this is for, but like it's, it's for something like there's some good that's going to come out of this disappointment. And, and like, like I know for me, um, it does, it's not always the same thing, but a lot of the time when I get disappointed, I find I learn the most important and most valuable things very soon after. So if I could remind myself when I feel disappointment that, Hey, you know what? This wasn't about getting what I wanted. This was about learning what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I've often found that the lesson is more valuable than the actual thing. But when you're very attached to the thing, it's very hard to see that, you know, well, but, yeah. you, but the lesson will serve you forever. The thing's there temporarily, but the, the lesson is like a gift, you know, that you're going to carry with you forever in life. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't well, always value it that way. That's, I mean, and that's another thing that I think is worth talking about is that, you know, sometimes when we get caught up in, and I was sharing this with you beforehand, like I notice that when I'm having a reaction where I'm, where I'm angry about something and, you know, I, I ask myself that question of like, is this what I would choose to feel like for my life? Is this how I would choose to respond to this thing that's happening? The answer is always no. And well, is it, but hold on. Can I, can I challenge you on that? Is it always no though? Because sometimes I think it's actually the right response, but you haven't accepted it. Like if you get angry, for example, maybe you, maybe you should get angry. Maybe you should be more angry, you know, because sometimes it, like for me, as somebody who has walked over a lot when I was younger and was very passive and accommodating, mm-hmm. it, I actually had to get angry. So they could wait a minute. This is wrong. This behavior they're doing is not good. And they're taking advantage of me. And then the mm-hmm. anger helped me reset myself and build some strength and start to draw boundaries and stand up for myself. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. It's like, we don't want to feel what we're feeling, but maybe the response is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's really more of a thing of, do I want to sit in this yes, thing? Yes. Okay. Right? I see what you're saying. Yeah. And, and it's like, no, I don't want to sit in this thing. Right. And so again, coming to that thing, maybe the message is, okay, you know what? There is something that I need to communicate to this person because this, there's something that hasn't been all right with me for a while. And I've been, 
and I've been denying that this has been up, upsetting me, that this has been bothering me, right? And now I'm just in it. So there, there, there can be that thing in the emotion where it's like, yeah, no, it's it's your reaction is and your response is appropriate, right? But it's that whole thing of like, okay, but sitting and wallowing in your shit, you know, is mm-hmm. is not a creative thing to do. It's not, it's, (laughs) it's not something that's going to help us to bring, bring enjoyment into our lives. Um, but the, to come back around when I'm asking myself that question and I go, okay, no, this is not how I would choose to feel right. This is, this is not something that I want to just sit in and I don't want to continue just churning, churning up the waters here over and over and over again and staying in this state of mind. It's so interesting how powerful the resistance can be to that. How much I just want to hang on to that anger, you know, like how much I just, I just don't want to let it go. And that's Mm -hmm. a really fascinating thing. And it's like, and, and just to watch that and be like, well, what is that? Oh, it's pride. It's fear. It's, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things that, that go with that whole thing of not wanting to let it go. And, and then it's almost like, okay. And is that who you would choose to be, want to be right? And very often that, that's actually the the process and the thing that pushes me into some kind of creative action, right? Where I can say something to someone be like, hey, you know what? Like, and as hard as it can be, because I'm like, I want to, like, there's a part of me that just wants to be angry and lash out at, at you right now. But instead now what's going to happen is i can say like hey look this is this is upsetting me this thing that is upsetting me and i can now express it in a way that's actually constructive right mm-hmm. um so yeah it's not it's not a case of because i think that that's I don't want anybody to get the misconception of a lot of what we're talking about because there are those people who, and and I'm guilty of it too, where part of the, part of the, what fuels that, whatever it is, whether it be disappointment, anger, whatever, is is the idealized thing that you're trying to be, right? is that denial of emotion is like, oh, but I should be a calm person. I should be, you know, like all the stuff. And so you're, you, you never actually end up hearing the message from the emotion, mm-hmm. right? You, you, you don't actually get, get the message from it. You're just, it's another sort of avoidance strategy. It's just like, oh, I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be this because the person I want to be is this. It's like, hey, I don't deny that the person you want to be is that, right? But just, just like biting, biting your tongue and whatever. That's actually just creating creating buildup, 
Yeah. Right. And, and, and fueling the agitation that like just a general level of agitation that you live with. Mm hmm. Hey everybody, this is Evan. And this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes. I recently released a book called the actors awakening, connecting spirituality to craft, expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. You know, um, so there, when you're in a healthy relationship with somebody, you can talk about your emotions and you can talk about what's going on without being fearful that sharing your truth is going to be a bad thing. That's a healthy relationship. When you're in an unhealthy relationship, you, 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 you know, and this is not somebody like say that you don't know, like a stranger, because there's boundaries with strangers and, and they need to be respected. I think that's very important. Because, you know, you, I don't think we should ever expect a stranger to just be, be our support system all of a sudden, although some people will step in, step in and take that role. They're kind of miracle workers, really, honestly, because the people that have the patience and awareness and kindness and compassion to be able to do that, you know, but they're few and far between. That's not everybody. But um, as far as like a, a known and established relationship, if you have somebody in your life who, when you tell them how you feel and you tell them how you're reacting without causing damage from your reaction, you're just telling them, Hey, you said this, I'm feeling upset by it. I like, I don't even know what to do with this emotion right now in a healthy relationship. They should actually help you to work through that. Okay. Okay. What happened? what I say? What? Okay. Well, you said this and then it made me feel blah, blah, blah. Okay. But you work it out. That's healthy. Unhealthy relationship is that person actually makes you feel wrong or bad or inappropriate for having those emotions. And sometimes people don't, they're not toxic people, but they're so out of touch with their emotions that they do toxic things inadvertently because they're actually toxic to themselves with emotion. So if you're trying to heal an unhealthy relationship, you actually need to bring it up. I mean, get them to listen to this podcast, for example, like, like whatever, you can take my word for it or don't. But the thing is, I've lived some experience. I can tell you a couple of things about what I've worked through in unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. But you can talk to people. You can say, hey, you know what? The way we respond to each other when one of us is having an emotion, I don't think it's that healthy. Here's a different approach. I think what we should do is if 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 I feel angry, you feel angry, you feel this way, you feel that way. I think what we should do is we should acknowledge it. Say, hey, this is how I feel. Before we do any reactions, before we do anything with it, it's just like, let's just state our feelings and share and connect Mm -hmm. and go like, I don't want to feel this way right now. I want to be happy with you. I want to connect with you. I want you to hear me, right? What do you want? Well, I want this and I want that. Okay. Let's try and figure out how we both get what we want. And then you become what you want, right? But here's Mm -hmm. the thing. When people miscommunicate and they're in unhealthy relationships, neither of you are what you want, nor is that other person what you want. And you're not getting what you want, you're getting what you are, which is unhealthy, toxic, disconnected from emotion, dishonest about emotion. We had this this podcast a couple of weeks ago, I think, um, or a week ago, 
which is worth listening to if any of this is resonating with you. But one of the number one things I think we got to be able to do is we need to be able to start to become aware of our emotions and then be be vulnerable and honest and open enough at least to admit it to ourselves. Yeah. And I don't know if you necessarily have to admit it to everybody else. Sometimes that might not be appropriate, but if you're in a healthy relationship, especially if like your partner or somebody you really love and have a close bond with, I think it's healthy to be able to say, Hey, I don't know. I'm having a reaction right now. I'm feeling this way. Uh, you know, this is like, I don't want to blame you. I don't want to do anything with it. This is how I'm feeling. And, it, and you know what? Everything you're saying is being filtered through this feeling I'm having right now. Mm-hmm. So I just need you to know that. So, cause you're trying to communicate with me and I'm, I'm feeling this and yeah. it's hard for me to hear it without this feeling filtering what you're saying at this moment. And then that person can, can decide, do you want to carry on or do you want to kind of pause and like, okay, let's, can we take a moment? Can we, can we, can we have this conversation in 30 minutes or an hour or tomorrow or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, you know, and that's healthy, right? That's an approach. That's a creative approach to a problem. But like, here's the thing. When I have a reaction on my own, I'm destructive to my own life because what it'll do for me is it'll shut me down on all my goals and all the things that I'm supposed to do. Sometimes all my work tasks, it'll just conk me right out for the day. It'll make me, I'll have ice cream. Maybe that's something mm-hmm. I do. It's a soothing thing I do, but it'll screw up my fitness goals a little, right? Like that's not good. But if you're with another person and then you have this reaction, you could destroy your relationship with them. You could, you could say something that's you don't mean and can never take back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know where I'm going with this anymore. Yeah. I just, no, there I mean, you I, go. <laughs> I, no, you, there's some good things you said. And yeah. like, as someone who, like, uh, actually my wife and I, we just, uh, had our, um, six year wedding anniversary yesterday and we've been together for 11 years and, you know, sometimes, you know, and I consider that like, we have a pretty healthy relationship with each other. That doesn't always mean that, that there's the absence of fear though, like about saying something and, and to a large degree, I recognize like, yeah, I know that there's no reason why I should feel afraid to say these things, you know, like the, I recognize that that fear is my own shit because, because my wife is one of the most open and receiving people. Like, especially when I, when I communicate and express myself in a respectful way, right? She's very open, but you know, there are odd occasions. I think even in good couples where your partner doesn't respond the way that you would like them to, you know, the way that you would want because, want them to. Yeah. um, because, you know, sometimes they've got, there's something going on with them as well and, and they just take it the wrong way. And, you know, that's part of a, of a relationship too, is working through that shit. Right. And just being like, Ooh, okay. That was not the reaction that, you know, I was that, that, that reaction didn't feel good. You know, it can be really tough to navigate those things sometimes. And it's, you know, I, a good relationship is to me is there's there's this feeling of you're always working your way back to each other all the time like you're both you're both committed to that and sometimes it's it's tough and sometimes it's challenging but you're both in it you know it's like the whole thing for better or worse right that that um that 
not trying to make the person someone else or or anything but just seeing each other for where you're at and and continuing to like work back towards each other and the thing is some of those like the most challenging and uncomfortable um conversations you have with your partner when you come when you do find that way through with each other it's like that's fucking intimacy Mm -hmm. you know like people have this idea of intimacy and to me it's like that is where the fucking real shit is that's where the intimacy is that you build with your partner that's where you you forge your relationship is when you're both so you're you're both in so challenged you're so like you you your all of your shit is is up on the surface and but you're there with each other and you find your way to still communicate in a way that sometimes someone's not great one of you doesn't say the best thing but it's just like they're always there to apologize and you'd be like shit i'm sorry that's not that's that was not the way i wanted to communicate that and i'm sorry about that and genuinely mm-hmm. truly you know it's like what i'm trying to say is this right and it's like oh okay well look i get that you know and da, da, da. and you suddenly it's just like it's it's to anybody who's who's in a in a relationship like that you know what i'm talking about because it's like the the bond that you build through those moments is is so strong you know like it's that's how you know you really got each other is is through those thing through those those moments and not just through when things are you know so wonderful and beautiful like don't get me wrong those are great like those are great too those those build your bonds as well those those yeah. beautiful moments that you share with each other build intimacy too but man there's a kind of intimacy you only get through through those challenges and i I'll, i'm gonna throw it back to you brandon but like there's something about this as well that i feel like you know we're talking about sort of like a relationship between two people you know in a in a sort of romantically but is there something about like this as well within the this conversation that we're having about our responses to our reactions, you know, and intimacy and in in building an intimacy with ourselves through mm. through that thing? I don't know. It's just uh, I don't have any thoughts beyond that, but I was like, oh, there might be something to that. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, now that you say it, it actually seems pretty evident that we are building really an intimacy with ourselves, which suggests that some of us have not yet built a level of intimacy with ourselves that would actually help us to flourish. And, um, you know, I think something that this kind of actually comes back to a point that I was talking about earlier, which is, you don't get what you want, you get what you are. If you don't have an intimacy, with yourself you don't really know who you are you don't know what you are you don't you don't have that awareness and so that intimacy actually helps you to become more aware and and through self-awareness you can begin to see well hey i'm not getting what i want because you know the truth is 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 i'm 
you know, this is really more how I'm being, you know, like if you had, um, if you had a partner or even a teammate and every time it was their job, their turn to do a job or take care of something for the team and they just didn't do it. And they, and you just knew it. There's all the time. I'm going to have to pick up the slack for them. I'm going to do all their work. I'm always going to have to do this for them. They're just, all they do is just, they, they really don't bring anything to me. They just, they just basically use me. Right. Well, there's a side of ourself that uses ourself just like we are in a relationship. And so it's that part of you that doesn't go after your dreams, doesn't go after your goals, never follows through with the things they say they do, you know, and that partner, you begin to build this resentment towards that part of yourself that like has a dream and it has goals. And so then you go, you know what, I'm not going to go after what I really want. I'm going to have a drink or I'm going to play some video games or I'm going to smoke some pot or I'm going to do something over here. I'm going to watch some TV or I'm going to do whatever. And then like, think, imagine if that was a relationship, right? Where you had two partners and then, you know, every time you looked over to this other partner, they just never, they just never did anything. So the other partner just checked out and they're like, you know what? I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to watch TV. I'm just going to do this other thing. And if you have that relationship with yourself, like there's no intimacy there. There's no intimacy with what you really want. Then all of a sudden one day you go, oh man, I really want this. And you can't get it because you have no relationship with it. And, um, you know, I'd imagine, Evan, and I, you know what, you'd be able to speak on this better than I would, but I would imagine that in a partnership that as a couple, you would have to make some agreements on what you wanted together. It wouldn't just be like one, like, I don't know if that would be that healthy to have a, one partner say, I want this. And the other partner just has to go along with it all the time. And like, <laughs> if the other partner really didn't want it, you know, you could be like, but I just want you to want it. Like I want it. So I want you to want it. And, and imagine you had that side of yourself. Half of you doesn't want what you think you want. Just like if you're in a relationship, you have to, you have to either convince that other part of yourself that you actually want this and, and make a good enough point to sell it on that. Or you have to listen to that other side of yourself that might be talking you out of doing something really dumb. Cause I think that's mm -hmm. one of the benefits of having a partnership <laughs> is that sometimes we want stuff that we, isn't good for us. And then you have a yeah. partner that's like, wait a minute, should we really spend our money on that? Is that really a good idea? You know? And then the, the, and the other person kind of gets talked off the ledge, but at that yeah. moment they really wanted it. And maybe they were kind of being compulsive or impulsive. I mean, I, about it, but that person was like, wait a minute, let's just take 10 seconds here. Let's breathe. Let's like, look at this whole idea. Like, yeah. sure. It sounds exciting. It's shiny. It's fun. It's cool. But like, let's look at the bigger picture here. And, and, um, you know, I feel like this is an interesting point. You're talking about intimacy. Yeah, man. Like, I feel like this is such a, this, this, this conversation is so interesting because it's happening on like a macro and micro version all at the same time. It's happening out here in our, in our world, in our reaction to an interaction with people, but it's also happening. All that stuff's all happening inside of us too. Like an mm -hmm. interaction and reaction to our own self, our true self and our, and, and our say like believed self. <laughs> Cause you know, we all want to think of ourselves as pretty hot shit. I think for the most part, we don't want to think about ourselves as, um, super flawed or whatever, or sometimes we get off on thinking we're super flawed and we're not as flawed as we make ourselves out to be. Right. But this lack of intimacy and connection to who we really are and where we're really at, 
I think mm. that's often what keeps us away from our wants and desires and goals and also gets us to want and desire things we don't truly want and desire. Um, yeah, yeah, I could go on about that, but I'll, I'll pass it on to you if you have. Yeah, some. no, it's, it's, yeah. you know, it, it makes me think of, you know, this whole thing of like, you know, you have your partner and it's like, what if you thought about that reaction that you're having to something that's happened? What if, and, and imagine it's like, well, what if that was, if that was like the love of your life having this reaction right now, right? How does a good partner respond to that? Hmm. Yeah, that's right? a good frame. How how would you respond? How would you respond if this was the love of your life who was who was having this upset at this moment right now? You know, a good partner gives holds space for that, right? It's like I'm hearing you, right? Like I'm I'm hearing this whole thing, but at the same time I'm I I'm I'm not wanting you to wallow and and sit in that thing it's like let's 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 talk about what this is about right like let's 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 figure out what's going on here you know let's get to the get to the truth of of this matter and i think that 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 perspective could be helpful in the terms you know it's like that whole thing of of you know where people often say like with a, a lot of our negative self-talk right it's like well would you talk to somebody that you know, would you talk to somebody, not let alone just somebody you loved, would you just talk to any human being that way, the way <laughs> yeah. you talk to yourself, you know? And yeah. so I'm just like, no, I wouldn't, right? You're like, we wouldn't talk to other people the way that we, we talk to ourselves. Well, kind of a similar thing here where it's like, well, how would you respond to someone you loved having, having this reaction to what's going on, right? Would you, mm -hmm. would, you know, would you let them cascade into some sort of... <laughs> like like crazy story about about something would you you know it's the metaphor isn't perfect i feel like at this moment like i uh, it's something yeah, i need to yeah. wrap myself around a little bit more but just in terms of of how are we treating ourselves you know how are we taking care of ourselves that's really the thing you know it's like a good partner is taking care of you no matter what your reaction is happening it's like how are you taking care of yourself in your reaction and your response, because if you're with your partner and they're having this reaction and you're just like, whoa, fucking not my monkeys. I'm out of here. You know, like where you just ignore, yeah, right. you just like failed. you just ignore yeah. them or, or you just got angry back at them and started yelling. Like, it's just like, that's, that's toxic. That's relationship. Toxic, how, often, yeah. how often do we do that with ourselves? How often are we being a toxic partner to ourselves when we're having a reaction and not holding space for these, for these parts of ourselves? And mm -hmm. can we be better? Can we be a better partner to ourselves, especially because as, as you know, you were talking about before those reactions and those reactions are emotions, right? There is a message in that, in that thing. And with that message, there's that intimacy, right? There's that, there's that intimacy with yourself to be, to be built, to go like, mm -hmm. oh shit, I realize, oh, I don't want this thing. I thought I wanted this thing, but I don't. Or, oh, I realize that 
I mean, it could be, I mean, it's so hard. It could be a million things that it's like, it's hard to even just think of one, but it's like, it could be so many things like, oh, I've been telling myself that this isn't possible, or I've been telling myself, you know, or interestingly, my, um, my aunt's been visiting this weekend and she's, um, you know, she's a, a, an ordained minister and very, very cool person. We've been having some great conversations, um, this weekend and she was talking, oh, actually one of our past guests, Dan Hines, uh, who had, he's, uh, big on questions, right? Like asking ourselves really great questions. Anyhow, my aunt was, uh, made this, said, oh, there, he had proposed this question, which was, what promise did I make myself that I need to break? You know, yeah, and it's, that's, yeah, you know, and, and so I just thinking like, yeah, that, that could be the message. It's like, oh, I made, I made this sort of silent promise to myself about something years ago that I have to break this promise, you know, because it's not, it was based on some lie, you know, right. it was based on some, you know, it could be something like that, but it's suddenly you're like, oh, wow you just learned something huge about yourself. You just, you just had a massive self-discovery and you've built that intimacy. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's being a good partner to yourself. Right. So I know I'm, I just keep on beating this, this point over and over and over again. So I'll let, I'll, I'll let it go. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. It's really interesting it to stumble upon. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I guess, uh, as we're, you know, probably coming to the end of this conversation. I mean, I think, I think what I'm kind of recognizing at this point is when I'm in a reaction, like something's happened, it's caused a reaction. I haven't quite yet gathered myself enough to respond. Like, like the first thing that's happening is I can recognize that I'm having a reaction. I'm feeling something. It's not the way I would like to feel. Um, the story might be kind of starting to creep in something, something's happening, right. That just doesn't feel in alignment. So I think like, that's, to me, that's kind of the reaction. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but like, okay, so that's like, that's the reaction. Then I'm in that. I think one of the first things to do, and you know, I think this is what I would tell myself is like, okay, first of all, acknowledge that this doesn't feel good. It's not right. It's out of alignment, whatever that is. Cause that's the first step. Second, is this going to pass or is this forever? And like 99.99999% I'm sure it's going to pass. Maybe there's that some rare exception where this thing is going to be the way it's going to be. But as far as the emotion goes, the feeling the you know, you know, you're, you're going to eventually be beyond this. So that's the first thing to acknowledge because I think in a reaction, it feels like it's going to be forever and you don't know when it's going to end. And that's scary. And it's, and you just want to do anything to kind of get through it as quickly as possible. If you couldn't just end it now, you would, but you're in it. So, and then the next question I would ask myself is while I'm here, this will pass. So obviously this is going to pass, but while I'm here, what is there to gain and garner and take from this? that I wouldn't be able to get otherwise if I wasn't feeling this or having this reaction. That way you can begin to transfer into response because I feel like response becomes an, uh, a first an acknowledgement and acceptance of what is, a 
um, a decision to redirect and a, you know, maybe some other things, I don't know, but then the response becomes, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So your response, and you can go like, and then I would say with my response, I would get you, I would say, ask yourself, Brian, I would ask myself, is this a healthy response as though I'm building intimacy and, and, and treating myself with kindness and care in a good way? Is this a healthy response to this reaction? So like, for example, if I'm going to have ice cream, okay, the ice cream will make me feel better in the moment. Maybe ice cream's nice. Maybe that's, that's what I do. Is it? Am I doing ice cream all the time now? Am I eating ice cream every day? Like, is it like that's not good, right? But if it's once in a little bit and I'm having some ice cream and I'm enjoying, okay, that's the healthy response. That's okay. But if I'm doing this, if I'm eating my feelings away all the time, then I have to admit this is not a healthy response because I'm going to start mm-hmm. packing on bad weight. I don't want that, right? So I think it's kind of like making you have to make that decipher, and that's an inner honesty thing. Whereas mm-hmm. sometimes maybe the response is, you know what, I can't make the feeling go away, and I'm also not effective at my work. So you know what? Why don't I take a break, watch TV, watch a movie? Maybe I'll have a nap. Let me do, maybe I'll call a friend and just share and vent and tell them, hey, I'm feeling some things. Can I just talk to you about it? Whatever. There's a bunch of different responses you can do. And then you're beginning to get active about it. And then I think through response, you can probably begin to start making choice and redirecting yourself a little bit away. And you know that feeling, that initial reaction will dissipate. Um, but I think what's really important too, and I'll, this is the last thing I'll say about this and just kind of what I'm taking from this conversation. And you mentioned this, how story comes in. I think that's what we really got to be on the ball about. We really got to be on the ball about going, wait a minute, I'm starting to tell a story. This always happens to me. Things never work out. It's, it's always like this. I always, you know, fuck it up, whatever you're telling yourself. And we need to go, stop that. Stop saying that. Mm-hmm. Let's change that narrative. Let's change that story. Stop going back into repeat on these stories because first of all, they're not true. And and I think in those moments when we're in reaction, they feel very true. But you know, you get what you are, not what you want. So if you believe yourself to be a failure where everything always works against you, you're always going to get the bad thing. That's what you'll get because that's what you believe you are. So if you mm-hmm. don't want that, you have to begin to create the belief that you know what? Sometimes things don't work out for me like everybody else, but sometimes they do work out for me like everybody else. I just happen to be in one of those moments where it's not working out for me. And that's a much better story and a healthier story to tell. Like, that's what I would say to me if I was going through some trouble. I'm like, Brandon, it's not working out for you today. You know what? This happens to everybody. Nothing, nothing rare. Nothing unique about you. No one's picking on you. Nothing's happening here. It just happens to be that this was not your day as you wished, you know? So anyway, that's my process at the end of this conversation. So I don't know, anybody can take and run with that. That's kind of what I'm gathering here as we've talked. Yeah. Well, let's talk beer and let's make some closing comments. Okay. All right. uh, We'll, we'll part and, and people can go on with their days as well. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, I'm drinking, I, you know, I got a pack of these and I've been drinking them over the last couple of days and uh, I've been enjoying it a lot. I'm drinking, it's called Seventh Secret. Ooh, it's the seventh. Seventh Secret. It's a French beer from Wild Eye Brewing in North Vancouver, British Columbia. And the, seven, uh, the Seventh Secret 
is uh, it is regarding their set their secret seven spice blend that goes into this. So yeah, it's like a oh, French beer, which as far as I understand, like a French beer, it's kind of like a like a blanche. It's like a blonde, so it's kind of like a wheat beer, and they throw some some different kinds of uh, spices and stuff like that in there. And it's delicious. Like it's a terrific sort of summer. Who's it? Who's it by Four Winds? Wild Eye. Oh, Wild Eye. Wild Eye Brewing. They're they're fairly new. When I used to live in North Vancouver, they they had like only been been open for a while. I guess they've probably been around for maybe about four four or five years by now. Oh my god. Oh no, it's been longer. It's been longer than that for sure. Yeah, they must be because yeah, it's gotta be four, five, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I think it's like six, seven, but anyway, um, yeah, I have a beer I've had from them. I've always enjoyed. Yeah. So it's, it's great. What do you got going? I have one called promised land. Oh, hazy pale ale. And it's, um, it's from small gods brewing co, which is in Sydney, BC. And nice. That's on the they, Island, right? Yeah. And I think so. Now, well, I'll just read what they wrote because they did it nicely. Loaded with Citra, Mosaic, and Idaho 7 hops, fruit and citrus dominate this full-flavored pale ale with its friendly alcohol percentage. It makes the perfect companion for any occasion. Not that all beers need to be high in alcohol to deliver what is promised. And uh, 4.8. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess that's light for some people. <laughs> we definitely <laughs> had heavier beers. It's been really good, man. It's been yeah. a great, really good, tasty beer, and uh, um, yeah, I've been, I've enjoyed it as I've enjoyed this conversation. So, um, you All know, right. this has been a, you know, I'll, I'll start by wrapping up and then I'll pass it to you. Um, this has been an interesting one. You know, it's uh, I, I always find this territory difficult to navigate because I have a tendency. To always want to go into the future and be like, just look at it this way. You'll be fine, you know? And and I and I'm and there's always this wanting to escape the moment and just get to that point where relief happened. Mm-hmm. But again, that's running from it, right? And so I'm I've been trying in this conversation to really sit in those moments because I've had a few of them happen. And maybe I'll just share a story quickly and then that'll be my wrap-up. Um so I recently got my motorcycle license and getting a motorcycle has been a goal of mine. And I've been, you know, I've been after this for several months and, um, yeah, I had this bike and I'm like, man, I, this is the bike. This is the one I want. And then, uh, you know, and then I was like getting ready. I'm getting pretty close to wanting to buy one. And then it goes on sale and it was like 30 or 40% off or something like that. And I was like, man, this is close. I could, I could get this, you know, and I started to get real excited. I'm like, it was out of reach, but now I can have it. Oh my God, this is amazing. And then, uh, but I was a little bit short I'm like, okay, you got to make a bit more money this month. You got it. You know, if you're going to end the deal ends at the end of the month and it's like, Hey, you're running out of time. So it's like, you know, that movie almost it's like running out of time and you're trying to work to get it right. And I'm, I am, I'm making money and I'm getting closer and it's, everything's kind of coming together. And then, uh, I'm like, Hey, in the meantime, let me talk to them about the, the financing and whatever. And then I, I tried to do that. And like, it just, it, you know, it just came back. It wasn't right. And I'm like, oh man, this, this is not working. And then they hit, I hit a certain point where it's like, it's not going to happen. And 
I just there, you know, and then the things I could do to maybe get it, I didn't really want to do. And I'm like, ah, do I really want this? I like, I think I want it. I don't know if I want it. And then I had this day where I just felt so disappointed and just so upset. I'm like, it's not going to happen. And I'm just like, I'm just kind of coming to grips with the fact that this is probably not going to happen in time. I'm not going to get the bike. And man, it knocked me down for the day. I just like, I just went, I slept. I was like, oh, I was so pissed off. I was just like angry and whatever. Here's the thing that passed. The next day I woke up and said, well, here's the question, Brandon. Do you still want a motorcycle? And I said, yeah, I do. Okay. So are you still want a motorcycle? Even if it's not that motorcycle? Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, what are your other options? And then I started to look at my other options. And then I went through this whole rigmarole for the last little bit learning and going, okay, well, I can get something used. It doesn't have to be brand new. And I started doing that. I started learning, started asking questions, learned so much. Just the other day, I bought my motorcycle. Wasn't the one that I wanted in the beginning, but it's still awesome. And in some ways, it, it cost me less. It's better for what I want right now. It all just worked out so perfectly in the end. But here's the thing I really gained that I wouldn't have gained had I gotten what I wanted right away. I wouldn't have learned everything that I learned. And everything I learned over this, these last like kind of few weeks, I suppose, because I just that was when the disappointment happened. These lessons that I learned are going to serve me for the rest of my life as a motorcycle rider. And just in so many ways that I know in no way, there's no chance I would have learned what I learned had things just worked out the way I wanted them to. So I know that's hindsight 2020, but I think in the, in the future, when I do hit my moments of disappointment, I'm going to just kind of what I said before we shared our beer, I'm going to ask myself those questions I'm not going to tell myself the story and I'm going to look at it like this is where I'm at. Maybe I'm not able to make a good decision today. Let's check in in a few hours. Let's check in tomorrow. Let's check in a little later and we'll make a better decision. We'll have a healthy response to this. But right now I'm feeling what I'm feeling. It'll pass. I'm in it. So maybe I can't make a really good responsive decision at this moment, but you know what? Maybe I can in a few hours or maybe I can tomorrow or maybe a few days, but eventually I will get to that point where I can make a good, healthy response and I will. Thanks for sharing all that, Brandon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that kind of coming back around in this sort of from to to the beginning of of some of this for me you know that you know the difference between a uh, a reaction and a response is a miracle and you know for me a lot of that you know there there is that reaction but it's like don't keep feeding the reaction you know, like mm, notice yeah. the reaction. Right. Right. Because it's like very often that difference is just a second. There's that reaction. And before you just dive in, take a breath. You know, the breath is always, and I mean, quite literally, take a breath. The breath can often be just, it can change everything. And you notice that reaction and you just go, okay, I'm feeling this, this thing right now. 
I'm feeling like I'm having this reaction. I'm feeling this thing. And the first thing is don't continue to feed the reaction or tell the story about the thing that's coming up, right? Just recognize the thing and ask yourself, well, what's, what is the message, right? What is the message from the, from the reaction? What is the message from the emotion, right? Because that's you responding to it. That's you having a genuine response as opposed to going around the rest of your day just being like, ah, you know, and they did this and they said that or blah, 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 blah. And wherever that spirals off into, like, you know, it's it's not always easy work because um, the, there can be some pretty, pretty well-worn patterns that are in operation there that just keep coming back wanting to tell the story about this thing over and over and over again. And every single time you've got to just go, and you've got to let that thing go. Like you tear, you got to stop the tape, Mm -hmm. hit the stop button on the tape. Don't let it, don't let that thing play rent free in your head because it's robbing you of your life. It's robbing you of enjoyment that can be there in your life. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily take away the disappointment of the event but it doesn't but you don't let it grow you you don't keep feeding this monster yes yeah right? i think that's so important man like I, I like i know you're finishing up here but like we didn't talk about that as much as i realize i would have liked but this is a key point to take home don't feed it yeah yeah don't feed that reaction like with the bad stuff that's going to make it grow into a monster that you can't handle anymore you yeah, know, yeah. and that's the thing, like, like feed the thing you want to feed. And maybe that's the response, right? Maybe the response is I'm not going to feed. I feel this, but I'm not going to feed it. In fact, I'm going to not feed this. And I'm going to try to feed this other thing over here. That's good and healthy for me. Mm-hmm. And that thing is that, that kind of silence, you know, that, that, that moment, that breath, however you want to look at it, you feed that thing in the face of that and and that's your response and and in that response there there is there's creativity and that creativity however it manifests but it it builds again it builds that intimacy it builds that 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 knowing that that self-knowledge and and it can be absolutely transformative to us but we have to stop avoiding it and i think you know for me a big discovery in in this conversation was that oh yeah that that's those stories that i get so that i get so hung up on in in those reactions that's avoidance you know it's it's uh, it, which seems so backwards like how can that be avoidance of the emotion but it absolutely is because it doesn't seem like it is because you you're feeding the emotion right so it's like you keep triggering it but you're making it about all of these things that it isn't mm. right and that's yeah you're I not think, dealing with that root issue really because you're painting it with all this bullshit around it which is actually yeah. getting you away from actually dealing with where the emotion originated from yeah it, it yeah. takes you away from being that good partner who's trying right. to compassionately understand and help. 
Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.